Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome everyone to RB1 Colon Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by FakeTeams.com. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined by the two greatest fantasy football minds in the known universe, Clark Bards, Jordan Smith. Guys, how are you? I am really good this week. Really good. <laughs> Just doing A+. Uh, Clark, how's the heart rate while you're watching to make sure that the Atlanta Falcons defense doesn't uh, doesn't screw you over? It's not looking good, Pete. I'm sweating it out. I don't care for fantasy football one bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonder why we even bother doing these things. Uh, well, if it makes you, if it brings you any joy, Clark, it is a special episode today. Uh, very special. It's the Dion Lewis episode, our 33rd episode. So. All right. Okay. I that makes that me feel a little better. Hopefully bring some light into the uh, dark tunnel of abyss that is your uh, current fantasy football life. I think you meant to say it's the Aaron Jones episode. Sure, yes. Oh, don't even get me started on that. Where did that guy come from? <laughs> Finally felt good starting Jamal Williams, and then the Packers just Packers me. He'll show up when we get to that game. <laughs> yeah, oh, boy. next week. Yeah, fine. I don't care what happens next week. I got, I got things on the line. Clark, what is what is your exact scenario that needs to play out tonight in order for you to continue? In a standard league, I need the Falcons defense to outscore Matt Bryant by three points and Peyton Barber just fumbled. Maybe. I mean, it's going to replay, so who the f- knows what's going to happen. But <laughs> So that's definitely not going to get overturned. Um the worst part is it's like it's so feasible, but it's such a shitty thing to root for. Like I right. need this defense to outscore this kicker, and that's what I mean, I know it's all popular to say like kickers and DST sucks, but man, no, it's fun. It's fun to have that kicker and be like, if Matt Bryan just makes this extra point, I win $500. Boom. So. Um, yeah, it would be a little more exciting if it was a uh, skill players. I know my fiance uh, is hoping that Devonte Freeman doesn't put together a 20 point game. Otherwise she is oot of the playoffs, man. Tell you, I, mean, I know we'll get this to, I know we'll get to this later, but like, guess who got to play against Todd Gurley this week? <laughs> Ah, you did. Man, That's every rough. time I look up, Todd Gurley getting a touchdown. And you know, it's, I, it's not like some trash bag. So you know that he's good. It's just like, could you just like, could we have maybe put in the backup and saved you for the playoffs maybe a little bit? No. My super my super hot take that Todd Gurley was not going to help you in the play, fantasy playoffs is uh, crash and burned in a major way. That's right, Pete. I called Philip Rivers as the MVP this year. So we're not going to throw uh, stones in this glass house. Uh, excellent. Uh, 
Awesome. Well, as we've alluded to, and as we've already had small discussions about, there is a a lot to cover this week. We have a lot to talk about. So many things are going on, not only both in the fantasy football realm, but also in the actual football world. Um, And we'll be touching on all of those topics. Uh, The NFL doesn't know what a catch is. Suddenly the Panthers are for sale. Oh my God, it's just craziness. Um, But before we get into all of that, of course, it is time for our coveted, most coveted award that we hand out every single week uh, to the player who helped no one. And our nominees for this week, for week 15, are the following. We have Brock Osweiler, quarterback for the Houston Texans, who threw 194 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns with hey, three. Hey, former quarterback former. for Texas. Don't put that on me again. Former, <laughs> former quarterback for the Houston Texans. Brock Osweiler, now the Denver Broncos quarterback. Uh, 194 yards, two touchdowns, and then came in and rushed for a touchdown. We have... Keelan Cole, last week, a uh, a member of the You Help No One last week for the Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver, had seven receptions for 186 yards and a touchdown. Another Jaguars receivers, because where did these guys come from? Jaden Mickens, four receptions for 61 yards and two touchdowns, because why not? Uh, Tavares King, wide receiver for the New York Giants, two receptions for 70 yards and two touchdowns. And finally, our final nominee for the You Help No One coveted award uh he's back you guys after almost winning well after winning the award last week he he's on the board to win again jimmy graham had three targets with one reception for negative one yards clark you are shaking your head in disgust no 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 no. give us who you think helped the one this is obvious so regardless of who you think it is it is absolutely not jimmy graham because you know if you're still playing in the fantasy playoffs your opponent started jimmy graham and your opponent getting negative one at the tight end spot helped 25% of the people where it mattered this weekend in the semifinals. Jimmy Graham is the reason I'm still in my game. So, yes, he had a horrible performance, but he helped everyone playing against him. And I had the person I voted for, <laughs> and now I've forgotten because this, uh, he's got a lot riding on this game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going with Tavares King because on a personal note, I just feel like he stole two touchdowns from Evan Ingram for me. So I was I was super upset when I was looking at that game and I saw Tavares King get two catches and both of those resulted in touchdowns. I was like, come on, just just get it to Evan Ingram. You're throwing lights out, Eli Manning. Just throw it to Evan Ingram. That's all you need to do. I think that's a good pick, but clearly the right choice here is Jaden McKinnon's um, because at least with Keelan Cole, he had a huge game last week. So maybe you're just like had the cojones to add him and start him and you're like, hey, why not? Um, but for all those people who were hoping that D.D. Westbrook was going to pop into their flex and give them something, especially with Leonard Fournette not playing, D.D. Westbrook did nothing and Jaden McKinnon's Literally helps no one because, A, he's not in a lineup that anyone started, so the points don't go anywhere. And, B, he actively took away targets and touchdowns, similar to what you were saying with Travars King, uh, from D.D. Westbrook, a very popular flex option going into this week. So my nominee is Jane McKinnon's Get Oot. You help no one. Yeah, so now that I've calmed down, I can recall. I I, I voted for Brock Lobster and even commented on your article uh, (laughs) – People that like comically started Brock Osweiler a couple of weeks ago just to rub it in Denver's face 
definitely didn't start him again. And then you get this kind of performance, which is not like a world-beating performance, but good enough to make you question several of the people that you started this week if you were like me and you started Russell Wilson. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Brock Lobster. You, Brock. you really helped no one. Yeah, Brock Lobster, man. Coming out of nowhere uh, to get you a serviceable uh, quarterback performance. Um, oh, wait, fun wide receiver fact for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know if you guys saw this on the Twitters, but Allen Robinson, who was drafted three years ago, is only three months older than D.D. Westbrook, who was just drafted. So that, that is scary. It, wide receivers are not only crazy ages, but <laughs> I don't know how they're digging these guys up. That's like. Yeah, and- Go ahead, Pete. That's like that's like uh, all of the crazy stats around Brandon Cooks's age. It's like Brandon Cooks is just turning twenty three or something absurd like that, and is already on his fourth year in the NFL and is putting up a just absurd. It's ridiculous some of the ages. Brandon the Cooks players. can't legally drink, and he is in his seventh year <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> and that's why the guys on draft Twitter that look at age when these guys are performance are really really amazing because it does matter if you're 22 and you're tearing it up like that's a big difference than being 25 so i love the age stats in the draft and uh unfortunately a lot of people probably looking forward to next year's draft already yeah already um like clark alluded to we have a poll on fateteams.com go to the poll put your vote in currently jimmy graham is leading which We'll upset Clark, and we can't upset Clark too much because Lord knows by tomorrow he could be uh, very, very upset. But hopefully we're hoping – I commented on the article. He commented. The comment is there. Uh, So make sure you go uh, vote. Don't vote for Jimmy Graham or else you are dead to Clark. But let's move on to the week 15 action. And like we did last week, we've picked only a few games here, each featuring at least one kind of bench slash waiver wire guy uh, who's been coming on recently. And you should start taking note of heading into the final week of fantasy because it's the most important time of the year. I tried to sing that like the most wonderful time of the year, but didn't really fit the tune. Uh, I did not plan that strategically. I enjoyed it. Anyways, thank you. Let's start. Uh, let's start week fifteen with uh, maybe the game of the week. Definitely the game of the week. Probably the game of the year. Uh, the Patriots take on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and my goodness, what a roller coaster of the game this was. Um, I have so many thoughts on this, um, and I've got almost a page worth of notes. But I will try to be as concise as I possibly can. But Lord knows it's going to just ramble. Uh, winner for this game is obviously Rob Gronkowski. Uh, he came back in the biggest of ways, torching the Steelers in the second half. Uh, it was so funny to watch because Pittsburgh, the Patriots and Brady have always had success against Pittsburgh in the past because Pittsburgh tends to run a zone blitz defense, uh, which is the kind of defense that Brady just loves to just operate through and just, and just pick pick apart um but they did a really good job this game they came out in man they played a lot of man it was limiting uh the patriots ability to move the ball through the air they got an interception off of brady they were kind of you know stifling the patriots defense offense and then all of a sudden on the final drive when the game was on the line the steelers go back to their bread and butter zone and gronk just tore them up he single-handedly won that game Finished with 168 yards not on nine receptions and a two-point conversion so i guess if you get points for that Ha, da, da. Um, 
he did also have a fantastic grunk spike in which after catching that two-point conversion, he pointed and mocked laughed the defender who was covering him, but then did a weird like whole full body spasm and then grunk spiked <laughs> it. I don't really know what he was doing, but it was just like he looked like he had just gotten hit with a whole bunch of electricity and just kind of like didn't know how to use his limbs. The spirits throwing through him, Pete. The spirits flowing through him. Hallelujah! He's yeah, all jacked up on monster, probably. <laughs> Definitely, I could see Gronk just shotgunning like five monsters before every game. Uh, and then loser. Okay, so this is where this is where I have a little bit of a uh, of a lengthy notes to discuss. Um, the, the 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 catch rule. Let's uh let's talk about the catch rule for a hot second. Okay. Mm, okay. So uh, people freaking about this game uh, because, oh, my God, it was a total catch that James, uh, Jesse James, made up the goal line. Uh, and, and the Patriots got so lucky. The refs are so dumb. They uh, didn't give the catch, clear catch to, to Jesse James. Clear catch, clear touchdown. Should have been the game. Um, my point, first off, no. Uh, to the letter of the rule, that was not a catch because he did not maintain control through contact with the ground. So... No, 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 no. What does that mean? So, yeah. So, don't get me wrong. All right. And this is my next thing. Is the rule stupid? The rule is so stupid and poorly worded. It's awful. I will tell you, as a person who has caught many circular objects in my day, uh, Jesse James caught the football. That was a completion. I'm not denying that. I am saying by the letter of the law, though, and you got to play by the letter of the law, incomplete pass, not the bat, not the wrong call. It's a stupid rule, horribly worded, um, but it's, uh, you know, it's not like the refs ruined the game. What ruined the game was dumbass Ben Roethlisberger doing a fake spike on the goal line and ripping it into triple coverage right across the middle of the field that got intercepted. Come on. Classic Roethlisberger. Classic Roethlisberger. Um, so the I, I do hope that the NFL does address the catch rule because the catch rule is – stupid because they're just overcomplicating it and i don't comprehend why they don't just i mean it all started with that calvin johnson catch a long time ago um it's just like if you stop rotation and you take two steps that should be a catch done if the ball's in your hand for a second you caught it you caught it i don't you care if it's it. jiggling around in there like you're at the hooters and someone's bringing you some wings it doesn't matter to me if, if you, you caught, caught it. it you caught it make yeah. it way too hard if it comes out it's a fumble deal with it that's maybe there's just more fumbles in the game. I don't care. Sure. That's exciting. Yes. You, you stop rotation. That's a catch. Basically what they just determined was that, um, the process of the catch trumps the football move. Um, which I'm not understanding. If you were watching the Packers and Panthers game, you would have saw that the game ended with Geronimo Allison doing the exact same thing. Practically with taking like two steps and it being a football move, but that ball got popped out when that could have easily been an incompletion too. If you were going by the same standards that the refs in this game were looking at. So I don't exactly. know, but it's, it's not that game didn't end there. It's Ben Roethlisberger, not spiking the ball and throwing it into double coverage when everybody else, including Le'Veon Bell is just standing there, not understanding what's going on at the end of this game here. So it's also this the this I don't comprehend uh this is another weird thing about the letter of the law is that if you running backs right 
if they're diving for the pylon, as soon as the ball crosses the plane, doesn't matter if it comes out, doesn't matter whatever happens, right? They could fumble it away. It's a touchdown as soon as it crosses the plane because they're going from outside in. Seemed to me, and again, crazy Patriots fan here actively debating for the Steelers and how this rule's stupid. Um, Jesse James got the ball outside of the end zone. His process of going in, as soon as it crosses the plane, it should be a touchdown, regardless of whether or not he maintains contact throughout the ground. It should be the same thing as a running back does. Anyways, NFL address that rule. It's dumb. Talk. All, all of this, like, like, you guys aren't wrong, so I'm not mocking you, but all this language, like, the process of the catch, a football move. What are, what are we talking about? Did, it just, did you catch it or not? And you can see it. When you watch it, you can see it. If the ball goes through one's hands, it's not a catch. If the ball stops and is in one's hand, it's a catch. We're yep. making this so complicated. It. I feel it. I feel like the NFL, instead of instead of going to New York to uh, to have the referees look at it, instead the NFL Twitter account should just tweet out a poll, be like, "Did he catch it?" And if the majority of people said he got it, it's a catch. Start. Let's start crowdsourcing whether or not it's a catch because I am willing to bet you the vast majority of fans will be able to tell you if it's a catch or not. But then we got Russia coming in and messing up the playoff seating. <laughs> it's going to be terrible, Pete. That's, That's a horrible be idea. Right. Um, we could be talking about the catch for the entire podcast, but let's move on to uh, my player for this game to keep eyes on. If you are lucky enough to uh, survive and have a, a meaningful game in week 16, Martavis Bryant, obviously Antonio Brown. I'm amazed that we're whatever 15, 20 minutes into the podcast. And we have yet to talk about Antonio Brown partially tearing his calf, but that happened because this NFL season sucks and it hates everyone. It doesn't want to have any freaking healthy players in this league. My God. Um, but it means it's going to be a lot of Juju Smith-Schuster and a lot of Martavis Bryant, both of whom uh, will do work for your fantasy team. Martavis Bryant tends to be owned in less leagues, but if you have uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's in now basically, an, I would say, an automatic start. He Juju went for six catches, 114 yards, and Bryant had four for 59 and a touchdown. Um, also, if you have Le'Veon Bell, you're the happiest person on earth right now. The Steelers' last two games are Texans and Browns. So, You've got an ideal matchup and an offense that still will go crazy. Ben Roethlisberger, they're going to rip that ball around. Those two guys are going to have lots and lots and lots of uh, uh, production and opportunities. So if you're lucky enough to have a 16 game or you just uh, you know don't want to end your season on a loss and you're like, hey, maybe I'm battling for third place, but by golly, I'm going to win that third place because – I approve and I worked hard and I want to, I want to accomplish something. Um, Martavis, Bryant, Juju Smith, sister, go get him. Hey man, third place, get your money back. I'll fight for third. Boom. Uh, let's move on to the Bengals and the Vikings. And the Bengals came out and showed just how bad a team can look after learning their head coach won't be back next year. Uh, <laughs> my goodness, Clark, this game was, uh, was bad. Yeah. I wanted to watch this one to see if the Bengals, did anything that would make you okay with starting anyone on the Bengals week 16. And they didn't. I mean, AJ Green is a huge name who's an incredibly talented player, but he disappeared this game. Giovanni Bernard like accidentally fell into the end zone once the Vikings were up 34 to nothing. Uh, so all I saw out of this game is that the Vikings are continuing to score more points than everyone thinks they're going to score. Uh, they're one of the few teams supporting two running backs, Latavius Murray had a good game. Jared McKinnon had a good game. And that's been happening for a while. Now, not quite 
to the level of the Saints backfield. Every once in a while, one of these guys will have a day off, which really hurts your fantasy team. But if you have anyone on the Vikings, you got to start him. Stefan Diggs, I could see leaning away from him, but Kyle Rudolph, Thielen, Murray, McKinnon, even Case Keenum, uh, it's it's all systems go for the Vikings here. Beautiful. Um, cool. Anyone have any other points on that one? If not, we can just way to way to lay an egg, Bengals. I got yeah. to play uh, Andy Dalton in a playoff game, and he scored a whopping point two points against me. So how was, did the, how did your opponent make it that far with Andy Dalton as a starting quarterback? Um. I actually have no idea. <laughs> I can't even answer that. It's probably because he has um, Antonio Brown and Keenan Allen and Adam Thielen. So that Decent. definitely helps in a full point PPR league. Yeah, that would do the trick. Uh, <laughs> let's stay in the NFC North and move to the return of Aaron Rodgers, which sadly didn't go quite as people expected uh, as the Panthers defense was able to beat him up all game long. And he... Looked like he had a lot of rust on that shoulder of his. Yeah, this game ended in quite the dud. Um, I was hoping for, obviously as a Packer fan, just a little bit more out of Aaron Rodgers. But this Carolina team is for real. And Aaron Rodgers did have some rust on there. It didn't look like he could throw the deep ball very well. Um, He hardly even tried. My winner for this game, though, is Mr. Cam Newton. Not only is he audibling against the defense when you hear them call out their plays, but he is throwing four touchdowns and racking up 58 yards on the ground, which could have honestly been more against his Packers defense. I'm always afraid with the rushing quarterback against them. That uh, that uh, audible that you were referencing, if people haven't seen this, uh, I believe we retweeted it from... Uh, RB1 Podcast's account. Uh, make sure you go follow us at RB1 Podcast. Um, it that is hilarious. It's basically Cam Newton. Clay Matthews is at the line, and he says, "Watch out for the wheel. Watch out for the wheel with Christian McCaffrey." And Cam Newton is, I believe, he, he says, "Like, oh, you've been watching film, huh? That's cool. Watch this," and then throws a touchdown to Christian McCaffrey, anyways. And I'm just like, that's just the most badass move in all of football. Is just like, hey, I give you props for recognizing the play we're about to play. But uh, check it. I'm going to just like change it all up on you and still be able to succeed exactly, even though you know it's coming. Yeah, it's pretty much just a moment that sums up Dom Capers defense <laughs> and his tenure in Green Bay. Even if you know what's coming, he, there's no changing the play for the defense. And it's just it's frustrating. Um, loser for the game. Unfortunately, I'm going with Aaron Jones, uh, not only because not just because he had a limited role but because he did a lot with the opportunities that he got but the Packers just decided not to give him the football anymore and he is uh, to me he's the best back that they have even though Jamal Williams has been putting up some numbers Uh, he only had three rushing attempts and he carved out 47 yards out of those attempts and me as a Packer fan I'm sitting there like why isn't this guy just getting more opportunities to run the ball Aaron Rodgers is clearly not 100% accurate in this game they could have ran they could have ran a lot more and that was my his, worry that was my worry as soon as Rodgers came back into the folds was that they were just going to resort back to their like uh 
whatever you sand not sandbox sandlot football where they're just kind of like hey Aaron just run around the pocket and make plays for us as opposed to being like hey let's really establish a strong running presence and kind of build off of that especially trying to ease Aaron Rodgers back into the game yeah I was really excited for some awesome uh, play action with the running back duo that they have and rolling Rodgers out because that's when he's at his best is when he's moving that pocket but just didn't didn't materialize in this game. Uh, person to keep an eye on for possibly next week if you're battling for a third-place game or even a championship game if you had Antonio Brown go down. Um, Demir Bird, he caught two touchdowns in this game, including the butt touchdown at the end of the game. Um, I, I don't know. The usual number one, Devin Funches, I think he's hurt. I'm not sure what's up with him, but he looked like he was limping around the field all day yesterday. So. Yeah, the end of this game, disappointing, not just for Packers fans, but for football fans, there's a controversial call after a, a recovered onside kick, which is, I, I think, probably the most entertaining play in football, so other than this fumble strip, sack, dip, yeah. okay, so, sorry. Uh, and that's your Monday Night Football update. Yeah, uh, so, really confusing play on, like, what's a catch, the Packers recover the onside's kick. They have a chance to drive down for the touchdown. They call, uh, I believe, Adronimo Allison. Who, who knows if it's a catch by the legalese that we discussed earlier. Uh, ruling on the field stands, not a catch, and just game's over. It's tough. Should have been Devontae Adams' play, too. Yeah. It could have been. He just got – he again, man, I tweeted this out during that game. People – I mean, I know – I know it's not, I mean, everyone in the NFL seemingly will get smacked in the head and all that, but Devontae Adams this year has taken two rocking headshots. Uh, and I'm amazed that that man even remembers his own name. He is going to experience some, uh, some serious memory loss after getting clobbered by Danny Trevathan against the bears, whatever many weeks ago, and then getting hit again today by Thomas Davis. Yeah. If you want to go to acmepackingcompany.com, I wrote today about Devontae Adams possible future and what the Packers organization and himself might have to consider after he's got three concussions in the span of two seasons. Um, we will begrudgingly let you plug Acme Packing Company. Um, we'd like to keep all <laughs> of our plugs fake teams focused, but uh, we'll let that, that one slide. Uh, before we move on, we'll have to, we have to touch on the fact that uh, Jerry Richards, the owner of the Panthers, uh, is now selling the team amidst sexual harassment accusations. Um, and if you read this, uh, Sports Illustrated did a whole report on it. It's not good. Uh, 2017 has gotten a bad rap. And, and, you know, it should be because it's been straight up. It's straight up sucked at times. But big props to 2017 for giving women the power to speak up and for like us, the general population, to finally listen to them and have consequences come of it. Like, I'm glad that like shitty old white men are finally getting their comeuppance. So at least 2017 gave us that. Especially shitty old white men that had everybody in the organization call him Mr. Ugh. Did you read that part? That's uh above everything else. That that might be the creepiest part. <laughs> it's just it's just not good. Um and th the best thing in the world that could possibly come of this is P. Diddy buying uh the Panthers, which is reportedly that's what he is questing creating a whole twitter venture to to go buy the panthers which would be amazing he has my full support so i hear uh with a really popular twitter campaign and about a billion dollars you can buy an nfl team that's so. 
It's all you need, folks. So uh, we here at the RB po- RB1 podcast will be doing just that uh, with a resounding Twitter campaign and we'll hopefully crowdsource for the uh, whatever billions of dollars that we'll need. So. And another live look into the game. You have to wonder who does the outfits for these former NFL players. Steve Young with a looks like a poorly wrapped present suit. <laughs> Do you think Steve Young has ever wrapped himself as a present for Mrs. Young? Do you think he has a bow on it? Mm. That's that's inappropriate. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, me- I meant on the football <laughs> that he was giving her. Is that not what yeah. we were talking uh let's move on uh the uh, despite clark's best attempts to keep this off the podcast gotta talk about houston texans versus the jacksonville jaguars blake bortles was able to take advantage of houston's poor defense and blossom to the fantasy star we all knew he would be but don't tune out quite yet clark uh because my winner for this game is deandre hopkins now it's been pretty well established on this podcast that we all have a man crush on him uh and he's you know, more or less, and by more or less, I mean definitely is the best receiver in the league. He played with TJ Yates against the best pass defense in the NFL, the pass defense that has stopped many better quarterbacks and many better passing attacks. Hopkins able four catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. And and those catches all against Jalen Ramsey, basically just like go routes, able to beat the press, get down the field, and just uh, tool all over him. So, the guy's QB proof. And dear Lord, I really hope that Deshaun Watson has what we saw from him is like what he can build off of and where he starts from next year because DeAndre Hawkins deserves an actual quarterback. And I just, I just want that to happen. I think when the rumors start halfway through the actual preseason, when we get into training camp and everybody out of Texans camp says, Watson looking good, moving around DeAndre Hopkins is going to be like that fifth or sixth pick in the first round. People are going to be, okay, we got Antonio Brown. David Johnson's coming back. Le'Veon Bell looks good. Julio Jones disappears for weeks at a time. Uh, Todd Gurley, do we believe that that's going to happen again? Maybe. Okay, Zeke, like where is he? Because he's had half a year off, so you know he's magic. But Hopkins is going to be like that five or six guy if if he has a good preseason game where he gets targeted six times and catches five balls for 50 yards and Watson looks like he's back from the injury. It's going to be really interesting to see where he goes next year. Yeah. The Texans offense should just be just chucking the ball up in the air and having Deandre go get it. Cause he will come down with it 10 out of 10 times. And Ramsey is so good. Like I've watched a lot of the Jaguars this year. Jalen Ramsey is for real. Like, you may not like him because he he talks like cornerbacks back in the day used to oh, talk like that. he is always insulting someone. And that's fun. I mean, it's he's awesome. not like beating people up at a nightclub or shooting someone and paralyzing them like some other cornerbacks that we've seen. He's just mm-hmm. talking shit about the other guy and how weak he is. And I've I, that's fun. Uh, so for Hopkins it, to do that with Yates as the quarterback and Ramsey on him. That that's that's really impressive. Ugh. Fun game. DeAndre Hopkins, if I was if I was in charge of rankings uh in any place that was deemed acceptable to accept me as their rankings person, nailed it. Uh I would DeAndre Hopkins would by far and away be my number two receiver next year. And maybe even if I was like crazy and had just binge watched a whole bunch of DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson highlights was like, ah, he's wide receiver one. Let's do it. 
Yeah, I think there are three guys. There's Antonio Brown. Everybody's forgotten about Odell Beckham, who's who's also just incredibly amazing, but he got injured at the beginning of the year, so we're not focusing on him. And then there's DeAndre Hopkins, who's the slowest, but is also the tallest and has probably the best hands. Yeah. And so it, I think there's just those three guys, and who cares which one is the best because there's that top three that are just like hyper elite. And like you mentioned Matt, earlier, thoughts and prayers and thoughts and prayers, Antonio Brown. Man, yeah, that sucks. God, this league, this uh, this year hates us. Uh, player to keep an eye on from this game. We talked about him in the you help no one. Keelan Cole. Uh, he basically has had back to back hundred yards. He technically had ninety nine against the Seahawks, but I'll round up because we round up on this podcast. Just another weapon in this Jaguars offense. Uh, they play the 49ers next, so. I would fully expect him to just kind of keep building on this performance. So there you go. There's a name to uh, to snag if you are lucky enough to have an important game in week 16. Let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles, keeping the playoff hopes alive as Nick Foles channeled his best 2014 self to lead the Eagles over the Giants, proving that A, Philly isn't screwed, and B, the Giants defense still does indeed suck. Yeah, let's take a look at some QBs around the league real quick. We have the Jeff Fisher All-Stars tearing up the league right now. Case Keenum, Jared Goff, and Nick Foles. You could start all three of those guys, and they're they're, they're just the Jeff Fisher All-Stars. And shout out to my boy Quinn for what's, coming up with that tidbit. <laughs> what's, the, what's the opposite of a quarterback whisperer? A quarterback killer? quarterback handicapper i no idea <laughs> it's it's the uh the quick wit and creativity on this podcast that really uh really is what we're known for i got we're, nothing we're really on top of this <laughs> one day <laughs> we're nailing it uh yeah who else so yeah tell us more about this game Oh, yeah. The winner are all you lucky players out there that handcuffed Nick Foles to Carson Wentz. Um, there is a particular duo who co-know a team in one of my leagues, a boyfriend and a girlfriend. They managed to handicap Nick Foles to Carson Wentz. I thought their season was done when Carson Wentz went down, but they will be in the championship next week. Uh, Foles with 237 yards and ripping four TDs. That's pretty darn impressive and it makes you think that the eagles have plenty more to give except their loser i had the philadelphia defense with 29 points allowed over 500 yards of offense which is less than okay and that was against the 2 and 12 giants so might be some issues there could have been just a tough nfc east matchup who knows but you got to be careful cuz i'm sure a lot of teams still have the eagles defense yeah, a couple points here. Let's not get too excited about the Eagles offense against the absolutely terrible Giants. And number two, boo for co-owning a team. Get a job. <laughs> get your own team. You know what? I, I am really upset with that boyfriend. That girlfriend needs to get a real man because <laughs> no one shares a team. You run your own team. No, technically it was her team and we, we let him just – Hopped yeah, in or Coleman. Oh, God. Oh, I'm booing her. the boyfriend. I am giving this woman credit for putting him on her back and carrying <laughs> him into the playoffs. There's no, she is the true champion here. Champion. He is the one that should feel ashamed. Uh, 
You know what? She did draft the team, so props yeah, to Jamie. That's her. That's her team. That's her team. She is the champion. Uh, I do want to point out that while while uh, this team was able to get themselves a new quarterback, I was very nicely helped by the fact that my opponent this week hung uh, f about anything and still started Carson Wentz uh, despite his injury. So that was nice. And yet somehow uh, I still needed three points out of Julio Jones to win. My God. It's been a, it's been a rough season. You know, sometimes people complain when someone shows up to the poker game and they don't know what they're doing. I don't care. As long as they got money, you can sit down at my table. I will play <laughs> with anyone who's willing to just throw away cash. Uh, let's move to the Jets and the Saints. And despite what looks like a lopsided score, this game was, could you say, mildly competitive? I feel like, yeah. Yeah, it was unfortunately closer than what you thought. So I, I picked this game because I wanted to see how the Jets would look with McCown going out. I wanted to see if people could rely on Bilal Powell or, and, and what Robbie Anderson was going to look like. And so, so to peel the piano curtain back, Pete's uh, <laughs> like, hey, let's pick a game and, and pick somebody that people may not know that they might be able to start this week. And the story here is that Outside of the winners that you're starting for the Saints, don't don't start anyone else. So if you're worried about starting Bilal Powell or Robbie Anderson or something, don't. Because even though they looked okay this game, excuse me. Oh man, this delicious Shiner Buck is uh anyway. <laughs> Tickling out, outside of the studs for New Orleans, you know, Bilal Powell got into the end zone and, and Robbie Anderson got you 50 yards, but guys, that's it. So if you have an option on the Jets that you've just been hanging on to and you're hoping for them to bounce back and you made it through this week, don't. And, and, and nobody in New Orleans outside of Michael Thomas who has WR next to their name is doing anything. So you're obviously starting the two running backs. You've been doing that for weeks. And if you're still in the playoffs after starting Kamara last week, congratulations. Uh, but just absolutely bail on the Jets. You should have done it earlier. Um, start the Saints. Uh, yeah, there, there's no story for a sneaky start out of this game. Beautiful. Also, I own Michael Thomas, and he got absolutely robbed this week. Every yeah. time I looked up, people were taking touchdowns away from Michael Thomas. And then, every once in a while, when the Saints would stall out and decided to throw him the football again, they moved the ball down the field. What the hell? It is it to is. Michael Thomas. It is such a beautiful predicament to be in, though, if you're the Saints. It's like, oh, no, our offense is halt, you know, stopping. We can't run the ball anymore. Let's just throw it up to maybe one of the 10 best receivers in the game right now, and he's in his second year. He's so good. He was my keeper this year for like a ninth, and I'm just going to keep him for forever. Forever. Until he's my second-round pick, and I'm, that'll just be the Never last gonna time. Never going to let you go. Never going to say goodbye. Never oh going to turn around. Talk about a special uh, episode. This is our first Rickroll, guys. Oh, just in time for Michael Thomas. Uh, excellent. Well, let's move to the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Seattle Seahawks. And my goodness, you guys, the torch has been passed in the NFC West. There's a new captain. No longer is it the Seattle Seahawks. It is the LA Rams. And MVP Todd Gurley. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. I know. I know. I just told you for like the last three weeks that Todd Gurley and at the opening of the show, Todd Gurley is going to destroy you in the fantasy playoffs. Well, he does destroy you if you are the opponent who's playing against him. 
four total touchdowns against the Seahawks, 152 yards on the ground, 28 through the air. Um, he's certainly the comeback fantasy comeback player of the year in both fantasy and in real life. But he might be, given the fact that Antonio Brown's gotten injured, Carson Wentz has gotten injured, Brady has had, eh, you know, well, I guess he only had that one bad game. Basically, all the MVP favorites have been slowly getting knocked out. And so it's just kind of Tom Brady by himself. I could see Todd Gurley. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not blind to the fact that Todd Gurley could uh, could be in this MVP race, both uh, obviously in the fantasy world because he has been a fantasy MVP, but also in the real world. So I apologize, Todd Gurley. I'm sorry I ever doubted you. I will never do it again. Potential coach of the year, Wade Phillips. Wade, Wade Phillips done with this defense and Sean Sean Oh Sean McVay on the offense just. So apparently Talk about Jeff Fisher doing Jeff nothing Fisher knows how to get talent. Jeff Fisher needs to be a GM apparently, mm. because if you just get two semi-competent coaches in with guys that you've literally held their head underwater, a la Andrea Yates, 10 years ago, they, they will just take your team and just rock it to the top. The Rams look actually good. I thought this was going to be a really great test for the Seahawks this year. And to, to watch the Rams just, brush them aside dismantle as a a russell wilson owner was incredibly disheartening but as a football fan was really interesting to see like who wants to see the rams in the playoffs i am so excited i do rams are the best team in football that's what i'm sorry i meant who wants to play against the rams yeah nobody nobody i thought thought you meant as a fan I was like, Clark, coming in hot, doesn't like the Rams. Um, no, no, no. I, so I have an annual trip to Las Vegas, and if things go well around Christmas, and if I can just get just one second-place finish, I'll be going out there again. And the Rams are going to be real interesting to watch, and, and I'll put a little cheddar on the Rams to beat whoever they're playing. Yeah, they. I mean, Aaron Donald is looking like a defensive player of the year. Todd Gurley is easily the offensive player. This, this It's amazing what a competent coaching hire can do. This is what good coaching does. Um, loser for this game, I guess quickly, uh, Seahawks backfield for like the billionth time, Russell Wilson led the Seahawks in rushing. So I don't really know why we even ever like waste any breath or manpower or typing finger motions on those running backs for this team. So I'm done with them. Seriously, get out of here. Bechamel Johnson. Bechamel Johnson, come back to us. Uh, a player to keep eyes on, Robert Woods. Uh, some silly people in your league might have dropped him because he was injured. Uh, or if you just have had him sitting on your bench and you're like, eh, do I start Robert Woods? Uh, yeah, put him back. As soon as he came back, he was immediately the Rams' number one receiver. Led them in targets, receptions, yards, and tied Gurley for touchdowns against the Seahawks. And they play the Titans next, who just gave up a whole bundle of yards to Jimmy Garoppolo. I believe 387, uh, if my memory doth serve me correctly. So he could be in for a very, very good start. And keeping up with my theme of people to give up on and absolutely not start, Sammy Watkins had a brief revival in Robert Woods' absence. And if you you thought maybe they realize Sammy Watkins is good at football, so you can expect him to actually contribute to the offense, even in a huge blowout. No, No. apparently not. Apparently he's not good at football anymore. Who knew? Uh, Let's go on to the AFC East battle, the Miami uh, Dolphins versus the Buffalo Bills, a game that reminded us all that all is right in the world. LaShawn McCoy took advantage of a bad defense, and Jay Cutler returned to the Jay Cutler we all know and love. 
Yeah, precisely. Well, let's just start right away with the loser. It's Jay Cutler. I'm not sure of anybody who had him and was playing him unless you're a Dolphins diehard, but he threw the ball 49 times and he has zero touchdowns to show for it in a game in which they... It, it was close mostly throughout the entire game, even though it looked like the Bills were dominating. The scoreboard was close. Um, three just really bad picks. They weren't, they were super bad. Like, nothing, I, nothing screams Jay Cutler more than after getting the onside kick, throwing immediately throwing an interception. Oh, oh. that's smoking Jay. If there ever was a smoking Jay Cutler, that they was the sailing. They were sailing overheads. It wasn't even a, it wasn't even a contested pick where the cornerback wrestled it away from the receiver. No, they were. It was like he was throwing to the defensive backs. Um, winner here. I'm still going with Kenyon Drake because he put up a pretty good game, and that bodes well. Even though the offense looked like crap the entire day for the Dolphins, um, he had 16 rushes for 78 yards and a touchdown. I'm a Kenyon Drake owner, so I was frustrated at halftime when he had 53 yards, and then after that, he only put together, how many is that, 22 extra yards, Mm -hmm. 25 extra yards. Um, Still managed to get some garbage time points with a couple catches at the end of the game, but um, yeah, I'm going Kenyon Drake with the winner here because he has filled in nicely for a lot of units once JHI left town. Yeah, he's been he was great. And I I thought he was gonna have a much bigger game, but you know, again, I guess for whatever reason the Dolphins decided, hey, let's uh put this game in the hands of Jay Cutler as opposed to our running back. He was yeah, on his way. One of my favorite things about this broadcast is they were chatting about uh like, do you make any different changes? Uh, because it's cold and one of the broadcasters like i was chatting with jay cutler and he's like no you don't make any changes (laughs) and then yeah you're jay cutler you just throw lots of interceptions all the time regardless of the weather so yeah no change still smoking jay cutler despite the temperature i loved it and i was a huge detractor of kenyon drake like someone in my league went out and spent about half their fab late in the season on kenyon drake and i just thought that was the best move in the league for everybody else competing for the playoffs and just He's turned out to be very good when he's gotten volume. So really nice pickup in the middle of the year or at that, the end of the year. That um, the Dolphins must have did a very good job of in talent scouting because he has to be. I think he's the reason they traded Jay Jai. And, and I'm not the first person to think this. Everyone and their and their mother has been saying this, but like he giving him the opportunity to take number one carries and being that number one back, he has certainly done a fantastic job with that. I, I do have to disagree. Someone else being good doesn't mean you trade it back, who I think is actually fantastic in Jay Ajayi. The NFL, you need two good running backs on your team, and there's plenty of work for two running backs on a good offense. So, yes, they weren't killed by trading Ajayi because Drake has filled in, but trading Jay Ajayi, who costs you nothing is in, and is on like a sixth-round deal – that's poor management. Like you find a way to motivate that person and get them into your system. And instead they just fired them, which is lazy. Jai is good. You work that out as a manager. Sorry. Rubble, rubble. Uh, Miami Dolphins manager staff. You've been put on notice and myself. I got put on notice too. I will. I will admit that. No, that was, that was all Adam Gase. That was not you. Pete. <laughs> I love you. Pete. <laughs> Oh, Clark, I love Adam Gase needs a retreat about how to communicate with millennials. Apparently, 
Adam Gase, if you if you want to go to that retreat, uh, you can come onto the podcast and we can. This is just this is this is exactly this is the only way we're going to get guests is if we just keep putting names out there and eventually someone's going to be like, yeah. sure, I got nothing going on. I have a lot of experience uh, managing ne'er do well youngsters, so I can help. There you go. I think uh, the Dolphins' ownership was in football jail when they signed Jay Cutler who has never been motivated to win a football game in his life and <laughs> put him in as the replacement when Matt Moore is sitting there and he's just, he's equally fine, you know? And at least cares about winning. They yeah. were in that spot where everybody's like, you gotta do something. And they were just like, oh, uh, well, okay, uh, I guess I'll something. get up and make a speech. It's like, no, 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 you don't always have to do something. Like, yeah. I've never seen their defense play, apparently. <laughs> just steer How's that a democracy? contract looking. god oh, that is god. just oh wow what a beautiful what a beautiful uh occurrence. i mean he's he's good he's a boss but he's, for a, essentially yeah. a nose tackle hmm. yeah uh last game on the docket uh a little sunday night football the dallas cowboys at oakland riders um this is a game when i looked at the box score my first thought was phew i am glad i went to bed early because it didn't look all that exciting. But maybe it was. I don't know. No, you didn't miss too much. It's a game that finished super close. Dallas 20 uh, beating the hosting Oakland Raiders, who only put up 17. Uh, Oakland actually missed a, a kind of gimme field goal here. So always interesting to see how those missed kicks turn out for the game. But it wasn't like an end-of-the-game kick it was an end of the second half kick so you never know what would have happened um again looking for the sneaky play that people can plug into their lineup for their super bowl i i don't think there is one here um maybe if you are worried about marshawn lynch you can probably feel confident this is a few games in a row that he's looked really good and he looked good in this game uh over 100 all-purpose yards and was running really tough um Des Bryant, you uh, again. The story is all the people that you can't start. Des Bryant made one big play this week. Uh, early in the the first drive of the game, uh, Dak Prescott's looking good. He's marching the Cowboys down the field. Everything's working. They're they're doing a lot of comeback routes, and he's just pinpoint accuracy. And then uh, Des Bryant has a little uh, crossing route and sees number fifty three about to light his ass up. And the pass is a little high, and so Des Bryant just makes a business decision and decides, I'm not going to try for that. So the ball goes to the corner, first Dak Prescott interception. Dak had two picks this game. And then on the second pick, it was a tipped ball. And the reason I bring up this commentary on his interceptions is we've talked about Dak Prescott having a hard time and not being able to carry this team. And we've also talked about how we're not insulting him and we don't think that he's bad. And that's again, what this game looked like. Dak played pretty well, even though his, uh, his scoring line was really bad this game. He had one rushing touchdown, but no passing touchdowns and two picks like 200 and some odd yards, but he looked really good. So Dallas is fighting for their lives for a playoff spot. They've got Seattle next week, both teams, at eight and six coming into this game, both teams still very much in it. And of course, Ezekiel Elliott's coming back. So as much as I hate this, but with my Texans out, I am changing. Oh no, I'm not changing. I'm not changing. I'm pivoting 
to the Cowboys for the rest of the season. Oh, no, it's happening. Good enough to make a run. I think with Ezekiel Elliott coming back and with what they've been able to do with this surprisingly good defense, like that's the side of the ball that's kept them into these, kept them in these games and got them to eight and six. Dallas can sneak into the playoffs. And I think if Dallas gets into the playoffs as a wild card, a couple games with Ezekiel Elliott back, they're basically in the same position that they were last year, where they have an incredibly dominant rushing game with a quarterback who can make plays and a big wide receiver who is a fantastic complimentary piece at this point in his career. He, he is no longer an absolutely dominant offensive weapon, yeah. but he's still, man, you put him in the right situation. He can get you 160 yards and three touchdowns. So they're Do really you- interested to see next week how this goes. Uh, but you don't start anyone. You, you don't start anyone. No. Do you uh, next year? And this is obviously a question for the both of y'all. But next year, do you draft Des Bryant in the first seven rounds? Yeah, in the fifth round. Yeah, of course. Probably in the. Do you know? Probably in the. Yeah, yeah. It depends how my draft's going. I, seventh round. That know? is pretty deep. That's- All right. What if I give you six? What if I give you six rounds? I just, I just, I, he's another one of these players who I just feel like has always is because of the name gets criminally overdrafted and is drafted just way too high. His production never lives up to it. And you're ultimately always stuck in this awkward prediction of uh, predicament of being like, I feel like I need to start Des Bryant, but I really don't want to start Des Bryant. But that's your flyer fifth round pick who, if he doesn't hit, you have no problems dropping him. But if they do yeah. hit, you get Sammy Watkins three years ago. So so I call this the Sammy Watkins round. Ooh, I like so it. So if Sammy Watkins hits and you pick him in the fifth round, you're like the smartest owner in your league. But if you pick Sammy Watkins in every league in the fifth round this year, like I did, well, <laughs> you know, you're oh. just some bald guy with a beard who doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. So. I like the Sammy Watkins round. I like that as a name. We're going to we're going to establish that on the podcast. So uh, so Des Bryant would fall on the Sammy Watkins round. I feel like Des Bryant is that receiver that you perpetually have in the wide receiver two slot while you have somebody going off on your bench for consecutive weeks, but you're toggling between him and somebody else on the flex position when really you should be knocking Des Bryant down, but you just can't bring yourself to do it. Yes, a hundred percent. That is that's the exact scenario that I that I envision. That's a great point. Well said. Oh. Well said, Jordan. That's why we have you on the Monday cast. Point, Jordan. Dang it. Point. Jordan. Dang it. Yeah. Um. So if you are lucky enough to make it into Week 16 action and be playing for a game that actually matters, uh, we just gave you a laundry list of people who that you can uh, kind of tickle your appetite with and and see whether or not you want to bring on because they all are lined up for uh, strong performances heading into next week. Um, Clark, quickly, give us a checking in on your team and seeing how you're doing and how you're existing as a human being. I am currently down one and a half points with Winston down a bunch of points and the Bucks driving. So we're going to take this one down to the wire, boys. It's going to be close. It's got to be close. So if uh, I lose, we may have, uh, are we going to do a Wednesday podcast? Uh, yeah. I've, okay. Yeah. So if I lose, we may, unfortunately for podcast listeners, we may have our first Maker's Mark Barnes. Oh, yes. Podcast. It's oh going to be bad. 
Is no, God. don't celebrate, Pete. You're gonna the editing that you're gonna have to do. Oh, for this I know, podcast, but I'm fully, I'm willing like, to, I'm willing to make this sacrifice for my, for my, uh, we'll for see. my night. Oh my God! If that's not a, if that doesn't drive the listeners to come to Wednesday night, I don't know what will. Uh, of course, this will all mean a lot to everyone as they listen to it tomorrow morning, and they're like, "Well, obviously the Falcons' defense didn't outscore Matt Bryant because Matt Bryant kicked that seventy-yard record-breaking field goal at the end of the game." Yeah, um, as we talk about this, Mike Evans catches a touchdown. So that's why maybe talking live game coverage is. <laughs> oh, like dear. Like we will thing. we will finish this. We'll we'll get this done with right now. Uh, make sure to follow us on iTunes. Rate, subscribe, do all of that good stuff. I did my work. I went to the Apple Store at a mall nearby and just subscribed every phone there to the podcast. So we have a huge nice. listenership. Speaking Got of going be- to stores, so my dad asked for a billfold this season, and I went to coach, and I'm the kind of person that just pays for things and doesn't look at the price. I had no idea how much coach shit cost so dad got his christmas present for like the next four years <laughs> they kept saying numbers once they said the total and they just didn't stop i was like there's no way one wallet costs this many digits of money so heads up guys coach is expensive check before you buy slash also uh sorry dad barnes you're uh got your christmas gift for the next four years that wallet should left him the rest of his life we will uh, we'll make sure in the New Year podcast to celebrate the New Year and celebrate the holiday season, we'll get Dad Barnes onto the podcast and he can tell us in detail about how great he feels about his new wallet. Yeah, we've had so much trouble with guests getting into Google Hangouts. <laughs> let's just let's just bail on that. Uh, at least somehow Jordan does it every single week. Uh, as always, I am your host, Pete Rogers. Make sure to follow myself at PM Rogers. Follow Clark Barnes at NFL Clark. Follow Jordan Smith at was it Jordan underscore Smith 27? Yes. Uh, it's been so long. I had to, I had to c- quickly pull that out of the memory bank. <laughs> days. Literally days. Literally days. Podcast. Before we sign out, I just want to say one thing. Two championships coming up because it looks like these scores are about to hold in th- out of three leagues. In both of those leagues, I have Zeke Elliott sitting comfortably on my bench. So my strategy... The strategy Dude, worked. That that is a that is a standing ovation right there. That is a very as a genius fantasy move. Well done. I so feel I, like this is having three kids and keeping one of them out of the club. Jordan, you are the one that is pulling this podcast. A hundred percent. I don't work. I don't even know why we're why we're around. Soon this is just going to be the RB One podcast brought to you by Jordan Smith with two other drunk guys talking in the background. With that said, though, I will see you next week when I am 0-2. <laughs> and you can be joining us in the, in the just a depressing drinking stage. Uh, we are the podcast for... Make Thanks, Mark. We are the podcast for the porn bots. That is hard to say. We will talk to you later this week. Good luck, everyone. Merry Christmas.